Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is um, where you are. It is nighttime for me, if you want to know, and it is the 20th of June. I don't know if I ever said the date for my first um, prologue episode thing, but... I can tell you that I recorded that months ago in February or January. So my objective's still the same, but I am not as optimistic. (laughs) Have I ever been? I don't know. But listen, I already knew that this was going to be a hot mess of a podcast if I actually really... Uh, commit myself it's still gonna be quite a hot mess at the beginning but I'm still gonna go through with it because I need to do something uh with my life and this is what I want to do right now I need to do something you know what I mean like I'm just uh reading books and watching movies barely uh it's summertime so that's what I mean I, I am a student I've said that before but what I'm doing right now is is very basically nothing and I just want to do something this is something I want to do anyways if you want to know more about why I want to do this, it's in the dang first prologue, so go listen to that. But if not, then welcome. Um, I think I've put all the movies in the title that I'm going to talk about, and I hope that I put some timestamps before you know this whole thing or in the description about what movies I'm talking about because I'm talking about four movies today. This is really unplanned. This is very casual because... I honestly can't really be bothered with writing out really good reviews. So I will be talking about four movies today, and um, those movies will be How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, um, Mid-90s, Short Term 12, and Internal Affair, um, the one that's made in... Hong Kong, the Hong Kong movie, that one. Hello, um, this is Sabrina from the future coming to you to tell you that I screw up the name of this movie uh, multiple times throughout the rest of this episode, and I apologize for that. It is not called Internal Affair or Internal Affairs, it's called Infernal Affairs, And this is the only time I'm going to come in and apologize for it. Uh, Yeah, this is just a disclaimer. I'm sorry. I I don't know how I screwed it up. Um, And it's kind of embarrassing. But I'm I'm not going to re-record that section of the podcast. So, um, yeah, this is my formal apology for that. Um, I don't know how. I don't know how I screwed it up. It's Infernal Affairs. Okay. Um, And, you know, while I'm at it, I'm sorry if I get any other information wrong. Sometimes, you know, I'm just a little bit dumb. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, right back at, back to you. Uh, sorry, I didn't list out any of the directors. We'll get to that. Don't worry. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. But we're just going to go through with this. Um, just to preface, I watched all these movies on a plane. So that can affect... First of all, how emotional I get um, towards movies. I get more emotional when I'm on a plane. I don't know why. And I just very silently cry. Um, 
And that also affects the quality of the said movie, because obviously it's not that great when it's on a smaller screen, and the quality's diminished, yada yada. Um, also, also, before I start anything, I want to remind whoever's listening to follow my letterbox, because I put all of my reviews up there. Um, I'm using that word very generously, reviews. I put like a short sentence and I do a rating, so I'm going to also say those ratings now today um and it's a rating out of five i it's you know ratings depend on each person I, I i'm not oh sorry i so many mouth sounds you guys i listened over the prologue when editing it it was a nightmare i'm not i don't want to talk about mouth sounds but those are terrible so difficult to get rid of i'm so sorry i am so sorry if you hear it and you're annoyed by it but that's freaking life dog and I can't I can't help it I'm sorry okay so as I was saying it's a five-star rating I'm not going to get into it about how I really rate it but uh just know I give four out of five stars for a solid movie um four and a half when I really connect to it and it's a solid movie and I see basically no flaw no, 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 that's actually when I give a five out of five. Four and a half is just solid movie and I really connect with it. And then five is when I think it's absolutely perfect and there are no flaws. Um, and I would say I've become less of a harsh critic. I don't know, if something's solid, I'm like, mm, might as well just give it four stars. I, three and a half when I see potential. This makes me sound like such a pretentious person. <laughs> who am I to say any of this? But who is anyone to say anything? It's, you know, you can't really critique unless you've been on the on the field is what is a, a phrase, I think, or should be. Anywho, let's get into this because I've been recording for how long? I've been recording for seven minutes and I haven't gotten into the first movie. I still have to preface some things. Just one more thing. I might be talking about a little bit of a book thing at the end. So if you don't want to hear that, don't listen to it. Um, don't mean to sound rude. I don't mean to, honestly. It's just how it is. Um, this is really a hot mess of a podcast because I can't switch on the aircon because of the background noise. And so I am sweating and I feel gross and I'm getting hot flushes. So this might be a quickie, guys. Uh, probably shouldn't say that. Doesn't sound good. Okay. So, first movie, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, directed by Dean Dubois? Dubois? Oh no, I did not check any of these directors' names, and I apologize. Uh, Dean Dubois, or Dean Dubois, Blois, Blois, <laughs> came out this year. Did not see it in cinemas, although I wanted to. I think everyone has a soft spot for the how to Train Your Dragon movies, because they're all very consistent. They're all very good. Um, I think I put in my review on Letterboxd that I cried. I did cry. I cried at the end. It was very sad. Um, I gave it a four out of five stars. Um, it was beautiful. I really liked it. I don't actually have that much to say, and I'm so sorry. I just think it's it's really good the way they've done this trilogy. It's probably the most 
consistent trilogy out there for quality. You just know when you watch How to Train Your Dragon movie that you're in for a good time. I did have this thing where I realized that they replaced TJ Miller as a voice actor and then they didn't put the replacement actor's name at the end credits when everyone else's names was shown like in the in the cinematic credits if you know what I mean and I thought that was kind of funny or kind of like cheeky anyways I don't that's all I have to say (laughs) is that all I have to say about this movie I'm so sorry um yeah it's gorgeous I actually did I don't know if it's because I watched it on the plane but it did seem like it diminished in in quality a little bit but just the smallest bit and I don't really think it actually did it was still gorgeous by the way I should be reading the descriptions for these movies I'm sorry this is a hot mess did I say that already it is so I'm reading all the descriptions just from Letterboxd because I'm too lazy to make up one for myself I'm so sorry um yeah so it says as Hiccup fulfills his dream of creating a peaceful dragon utopia, Toothless's discovery of an untamed, elusive mate draws the Night Fury away. When danger mounts at home and Hiccup's reign as village chief is tested, both dragon and rider must make impossible decisions to save their kind. Beautiful, man. And it definitely made me cry, because whenever freaking Stoic, that's his name, right? Stoic, his father popped up on screen in a flashback, I would damn cry my freaking eyes out because I remember his still, if you haven't seen the second How to Train Your Movie, How to Train Your Movie, How to Train Your Dragon Movie, go watch it because it's so sad. I did enjoy that one, I think, more than this one. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, I think I remember seeing... Um, the picture for this when it first got promoted and advertised and I thought how silly you know they're giving Toothless a mate I've always seen Toothless as like a little 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 cat little little boy but actually it works very well the light fury as Astrid coins it reminds me a lot of my cat who is also white and has blue eyes um, but she is not as graceful as this one. And also, oh gosh, when the freaking, um, Light Fury, like, taps Toothless's face, my cat does that to my other cat. It's, like, actually just, it's amazing, it's cute, I love it. Um, I honestly, I don't really have that many critiques. Why not a five-star, I guess, would, would, would you say? I guess because, my, I can't have a conundrum with a kids movie. This I'm obviously not the target demographic, the target audience, but I'd still say I've I've loved all the How to Train Your Dragon movies. I rewatched the first one just out of nowhere. It was on Netflix, and I thought, hmm, why not? And I rewatched it. I really loved. It. I think that's the, my favorite one, definitely. I think seeing Hiccup uh, transform and get his confidence, great. It's, I love it. I think it's difficult to have a movie centered around a person um, and not and and keep that character development going when you're in a trilogy. I'm sorry, this is a bit off topic, but you kind of see it in Kingsman. I don't know if that makes sense, but you don't see that development. And so I lost interest. 
I love seeing a character develop. I think that was also my problem with Captain Marvel. No offense. I'm going to get into that later because Brie Larson's in one of the movies that I'm going to talk about. But anywho, anyhow, I still think there's character development in the How to Train Your Dragon movies, obviously, because, you know, he struggles with letting go and oh, it's so dang sad. <laughs> I'm kind of freaking crying just thinking about it. Um, letting go of Toothless, knowing that he has to acknowledge what Toothless wants instead of what he wants. And I honestly thought, like, why not? Why can't they just live in harmony, dude? I don't want to see them separated. This shit's making me cry. Um, but, you know, it... it the fact that I feel so emotional about it and in the moment I was thinking, why not? Why can't they stay together? Just goes to show how good the writing is, the animation, everything that's drawing out these very real emotions from within. And I don't get that easily emotional, but on a plane I do. Uh, <laughs> so what is my point? I still think it, it does a lot. It doesn't feel disingenuine at all. You know, we have been following their friendship. It's so freaking sad that they have to separate. But it's so beautiful to then see at the end, spoilers, when they see each other with their children. <laughs> I cried when I saw that. Um, to see them both with children, it's great. Love it. I think my only qualm was that I want to see more development from all the characters. I think there is a show, um, also for children, that I can go watch, I guess, if I can't get enough of all the other characters. Because I guess some characters got a bit more of the spotlight in this one. Tough Nut, I think. Um, hang on. Snot Loud. <laughs> And Tough Nut, yeah, got a little bit of a spotlight. And freaking Kristen Wiig voicing um, Rough Nut, fucking hilarious, dude. I actually want to find that clip on YouTube just to laugh at it again. Um, yeah, I don't have many... It's hard to uh, critique an animation. It's not really my field, uh, but it's great, and I think I've talked enough about it, um, and I have really nothing else to say. Astrid, uh, you really, you really is that bitch, and I love you, and I love you for the support, and everything's great. I honestly thought the mother would die, uh, Valka, just because I thought, oh, something tragic has to happen, but the tragedy, the bittersweet tragedy was that they had to separate, and I think the only... Thing. I keep saying the only thing I have that's a problem. So obviously I do have a few problems. That's why I gave it a 4 out of 5. But it ain't that serious because I can still appreciate the movie. Um, wow, I completely forgot what I said. I was going to say. That was a trail and I just don't know where the end of it is. Um, so the only thing I want is actually quite selfish. I just want more, which sounds really bad. Like I wanted to see more of the relationship between Toothless and Light Fury because I thought, wow, that was really quick and yet they have fallen in love. But I guess, you know, they just did and they did have their time alone in the hidden world. I wanted to see more of the hidden world, 
But of course, that isn't my world, maybe. You know, I'm not a freaking dragon, dude. So that's not my world. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> this is me just reassuring myself. Okay, I think we need to move on. So yeah, my selfish thing is that I just wanted more. I feel like these movies are too short, but the thing is, they're animations. It's so selfish of me to ask for more because it's already difficult on its own. I do want to give a shout out to the part of the movie where they're not talking at all. Uh, Toothless, you know, there's no dialogue, Toothless and Life Furrier in the clouds and they're having this date and it's cute and I love it and I was absolutely invested and I think that is a testament to how uh, great the animation is how great the writing is in a weird way you know like writing their love story I don't know what I'm saying but I loved it I think we should move on now we are really going to move on okay so in a weird transition uh <laughs> the person who voiced Snotlout Jonah Hill directed our next movie mid-90s okay so Here's the thing, mid-90s, came out last year, it came out to a very selective, I feel like very small number of cinemas in the US, I could never find it where I was in the UK, I think it also came out on iTunes, but iTunes US, so I couldn't even buy it on there, and I did really want to support this movie legally, so I just waited until I could see it, and I was shocked that it was on the plane, honestly, and I was thinking, no, I shouldn't watch this on the plane because it's uh, shot in a way that would be way better appreciated in a cinema, but, you know, I thought, I'm impatient, I want to watch it. I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. I just have to get that out of the way. I'm so sorry. I don't know who I'm apologizing to. Jonah, if you're hearing, I apologize. I promise you don't care, but you know. Um, just to give a description of the movie really quick. Stevie is a sweet 13-year-old about to explode. His mom is loving and attentive, but a little too forthcoming about her romantic life. His big brother is a taciturn taciturn and violent bully so stevie searches his working class los angeles suburb for somewhere to belong he finds it at the motor avenue skate shop um so i actually have notes i took some notes on the plane on some post-it notes because i had nothing else so i'm sorry if you hear some ruffling but that's me reading my notes um i just to give a sum up though it does largely center around male friendships, the complexities of that, which maybe I will never understand as a female. Um, and this film I can see is very personal. Feels like specific things that probably either happened to Jonah Hill or something similar. Um, something similar to that. Sorry, my brain is breaking because I'm sweating so much. Yeah, I can appreciate this movie, but I have to say it didn't connect with me. I think that's the that's the thing that gave me a four out of that made me give it a four out of five instead of a four and a half. Because um, it is really well shot, it's beautiful. I wish I maybe I I will see it in the cinema at some point just so I can appreciate the the quality of it more. Um, I I don't know what it's called. You know that kind of square ratio. I don't know if it's called Hollywood like classic Hollywood ratio, but you know what I'm talking about, the square one. It's very artsy. 
a lot of people are into it nowadays. Um, Fresh Reformed, I see you, and I'm going to watch you at some point. But yes, uh, I ain't going to argue. I would die for Stevie. He's a very sweet boy. I really wish he would have smiled more, but his life is pretty tough. Uh... I think I'm a person who needs to see a bit more of context in order to understand his life because I had questions such as where, where, what, what time is this in the year because why doesn't he have school? Maybe it's summer. Why doesn't he have any friends whatsoever? Why does his brother seem to have more money than anyone else in his house? And I was also thinking like, dude, why does the brother actually want to kill him? <laughs> like this is serious and very scary. And for his mother being so sweet and attentive to him, I'm surprised that she's not punishing the big brother more. Or maybe she is. See, this is the thing. I need a little bit more context, a little bit more storytelling. And I'm sorry, like maybe I'm wrong. Of course, you know, everyone has their own opinion, yada, yada, yada. I can actually tell you some of the notes I made on these post-it notes um, so we can get into specifics. Uh, but to surmise, the good was, it was very. It was still very heartwarming, uh, in a way, to see um, this boy being, you know, very vulnerable and very naive, just wanting to be liked by his peers, um, taking that too far, but having that sort of, he just wants to be liked, energy. I don't know what I'm saying, man. But I, I think we can all relate to that, even if you never had that childhood. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was super sweet. Um, I, in particular, liked Ray. Dang it, I almost said his name wrong again, because I wrote it down as Roy. Ray was a very sweet, very realistic influence, because obviously he wasn't just a do-gooder, like, don't give drugs to little Stevie, okay? He was showing that he wasn't approval, approving of certain things that his friend, uh, fuck shit, um, was doing. Um, and I love, I really like the part where he's like, you know, dude, it's not gay to say thank you, it's just common manners. I thought, oh, yeah, you tell Stevie, you be a big, you be his big brother, a, a good big brother, because, you know, later on, He's, he reveals that he did have a younger brother that, that died. So it makes sense how he's showing his care to Stevie in his own way. And I guess that's the main takeaway is that you have to see all the subtle things that people are do, doing to Stevie to show that they care. Like at the end when all of them um, are waiting at the hospital to see if he's okay. Um, when he first wakes up and his brother is there and he gives him an orange juice and nothing's said but they have this mutual understanding of like you know they're brothers at the end of the day so subtle things right that it seems males do to show that they actually do care about each other and ain't gay or whatever i don't know sounds very cliche these things i'm saying but they do hold some truth i believe um yeah, I liked the music. I wrote that down. I don't really know what specifically I liked about it. Sorry. I wrote down that it, the medium f helps it feel like the time. And I really believe that 
because, you know, it's supposed to be set during the the mid-90s, am I right? And it's grainy, it's... What else did I write? Oh, I put down that I wish I had subtitles just because there's a lot of mumbling going on and personally I'm not very good at deciphering that. I'm sorry, man. Like, I am sorry, but... I guess it's it's not completely important to get every single word. I think that's why I fucked up his name, though. I thought it was Roy and not Ray. Um, yeah, I think also the weird kissing scene weirded me out. It did weird me out. Tell me what you think about it, if you think it was weird, because I thought it was a little bit weird. He's so young. He's so young looking. He's actually 13. I thought he was younger. Because he just looks like such a little boy. And I'm just... <laughs> little boy. Um, yeah, I thought that was gross. And I wrote down, is this even legal? In the movie world, it probably is. But I don't know if the freaking actress... But I guess, you know, if both parents are on set and everything's a safe environment, it's okay. But still, not turning into a thing. But I personally, I was like, ew, ew. I didn't like that. Moving on. I wrote down that the punches sounded very loud and very fake. I think I noticed that almost immediately at the beginning of the film. This is such a little nitpick, like, who cares about this? But I just thought it was kind of funny how loud they were in comparison to everything else. Okay, and so the last thing I wrote was, um, it seems like a lot of things are left unsaid with these male friendships, at least within this movie, and that these feelings do tend to build up and turn into something dangerous uh like the end where they get into a car crash you know because fuck shit couldn't talk to ray and they couldn't communicate their feelings i feel like a lot of that was repressed it's a lot of repression and i know this is so cliche none of what i'm saying hasn't been said before as in you know nothing i'm saying is original but this is what i see in the movie is definitely that when they don't communicate, it just turns into violence. It gets repressed, it gets, it builds up, etc., etc. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's all I have to say. I'm, I liked it. I did like it as a whole, but it maybe not for me, personally. Um, but for a directorial debut, I think that's why I also gave it a four, because for his first movie it was very impressive and I can't wait to see more honestly especially things that are very personal because you can tell it's personal and you can respect it okay next movie is my favorite of all the four I saw on the plane (laughs) short term 12 fucking made me cry like five times or maybe double you know 10 times let me drink my water before I get into this okay So I also have notes on this, but not as many because I was transfixed by Brie Larson and the story. Let me read it out. And also, by the way, it was directed by Destin Creighton. I'm sorry. Uh, Came out in 2013. I've been meaning to watch this for so long and I saw that it was on the plane and I just thought, why not? You know, I'm never gonna, I'm very bad at watching sort of slowish type movies I put quotation marks around that word slowish because I might go on my phone if I'm watching at home so on the plane I thought I'm gonna watch this I'm gonna pay attention and I'm gonna 
get through it without being distracted. Um, and I'm really glad I did that because it was a beautifully simple, right to the point, but also explores the whole sort of kind of system of fostering. Not the whole thing, but it does have different areas that it is exploring and showing. Um, let me read the description because I'm, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then maybe this might sound like gibberish to you. So, Grace, a compassionate young supervisor at a foster care facility, works with her boyfriend and colleague, Mason, to help at-risk teens. But when a new charge dredges up memories of her own troubled past, Grace's tuft exterior begins eroding. I think it's actually perfectly uh, described. Uh, yeah, so with this new uh, arrival, this girl who seemingly might be experiencing abuse, we slowly learn what's going on with um, Grace's story, played by Brie Larson. Um, really all-star cast as well. I really like John Gallagher Jr. He was in 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's the only other movie I've seen him, and I liked him in that. He's very, like, uh, vulnerable and cute, and yeah, I very warm. I think my only gripe with the movie was that his character was incredibly patient to the point where I don't even know if that's realistic, but of course when a couple has a certain history, um, you, you, you can't just let go of that in one day, in one argument. Um, I also think that this movie is incredibly realistic. It feels like I am just seeing a snippet of someone's life, um, and I liked that. And it's not shot in the most, I don't know, astounding way, but it helps just tell the story. It is very sad, but it has a happy ending. It actually does. A realistic ending. Like, it's not, it's not amazing, obviously, that this, we find out that this uh, new arrival, what's her name? Jaden has been being has been abused by her father but once we find out that happens that's almost that's the best ending because then that can be dealt with and you can see that there will be a happy ending oh yeah also Rami Malek is in this uh movie did I say that right Rami Malek I used to watch Mr. Robot okay I don't know why I, I just butchered that but He's not even really a main character, yet I see him advertised as one of the main characters for this. I would say the, f the three main ones are Brie Larson, uh, John Gallagher Jr., and then Caitlin Dever. They have the most scenes. Um, I don't know why this matters, but we see more, more, more of their stories, if anything. I just like how we slowly find out about... Um, Grace's past, why she is the way she is. It's great, and I love it. And I was crying so much. I wasn't crying at only Grace's story. I was also crying, especially at Marcus's story. I, the actor's name, I'm gonna butcher it, Lakeith Stanfield. That sounds right to me. Um, he's been in movies. He was in Get Out, right? And he was in Sorry to Bother You, which I it wasn't for me. But I can really appreciate him because he has sad eyes, dude. This guy just looks like he's always about to cry, and it makes me want to cry. Um, especially his rap that he sings in this. It's not really, yeah. He sings this rap to Mason, and 
it's uh, about his, you know, troubled past with his mother, and you just, it's so sad, and then when he gets his head shaved, I'm gonna freaking cry, I'm gonna cry just thinking about it, but, you know, you think it's a bit weird, because you don't know why he wants to shave his head, and then it's revealed, and you want to just hug him, and you want to protect him, Um. Yeah, I think that's the the really powerful thing about this movie is that it feels so real. And maybe, you know, I don't know, I don't have much knowledge about foster care facilities, but I hope it's something like this in a way. Obviously, the underlying um, reason why they're all there isn't great, but the way that we can see that they're a little family on their own, I mean, Grace says that they're not meant to be, you know, a therapist or a friend, They're just creating a safe environment. But we can see through the movie that they are definitely being even more than that, more than a therapist, more than a friend. They're being really like family to these people and being so sweet and so caring to these kids. Um, And I just, the way I'm talking about it, it sounds like it's so real. And I guess, you know, I'm repeating myself, but this is a testament to how good it was written, I think. Um... It's nothing is just completely spelled out for you in this movie, and that's great. You know, no one's like, uh, this person has a troubled past, you know, blah, 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 context, context. You find out, and it's, you know, I don't even know the full story of that kid with all the dolls, and I'm, I like that. You, you realize you, you get as much as you're trying to figure out from the movie, if that makes sense. You're not losing much if you don't understand that this kid probably has, a, you know, maybe lost his sisters. But you understand that it's incredibly sad that he got his dolls taken away from him. You know that that's sad on its own. I'm sorry if I'm not making sense. Uh, but I guess to surmise, it's really well written because nothing is just completely given out. And it feels like life in that way. Nothing's completely explained. So I do have my little notes here that I wrote whilst watching the movie. I wrote, Brie is still similar to her usual acting style. In Captain Marvel, she's just quite full of herself. I'm so sorry. Um, Oh yeah, did I even say what my rating is? This is all over the place. I gave this a four and a half out of five. Or did I give this a five? I gave this a five, bro. I gave this a five. This was really good for me. Um, And I loved it. But yeah, I loved Brie Larson in room not the room right yeah room um which also made me cry in her performance there I don't want to say that she has a typical performance a lot of people have made jokes about her and Captain Marvel being emotionless I don't think it's that I don't want to call her emotional and emotionless but she's got a very yeah hard exterior I think that's well explained in the description for this movie She doesn't let it all out on her sleeve. She's a bit, you know, keeping some of that in. I don't know why it just didn't work for Captain Marvel. I think Captain Marvel is a character that is a bit, has to have a lot more confidence. I don't know, but I didn't particularly like Captain Marvel and I didn't really like her as that role. She kind of annoyed me and I'm so sorry, but this is, how I felt uh, watching the movie afterwards, I'm not going to get into it, but I kind of wish she never did that movie. I mean, good for her. It's great opportunity. I just, um, 
I appreciate her more in these type of movies, which sounds bad because in these type of movies, she's not in the best uh, situations in Room or Short Term 12. Um, But I think this is where you can really see her flex her acting skills and make you cry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I'm not going to say any more about that, but definitely I she transfixed me in this movie and she's just so so sweet and so warm you can see that I think it's uh, Mason says this in the movie that she doesn't follow the same advice that she gives the kids and your heart hurts just hearing that because you're like oh my god that's so true and she needs to do that sorry I'm not really reviewing these movies as if they are movies I'm almost like whoa this is real life (laughs) but I, I, you know, this is, gets me just quite emotional. It's very well written. Go freaking watch it, dude. Okay, let's go into the next post-it note here. Um, it says, interesting that she turns into a teen when in the hospital. I like her in these motherly type roles. Why do I feel like someone, oh, nope. Why do I feel like he's going to die? And I was talking about Mason. I think because he's such a sweet character in the movie um yeah and I've I'm not gonna really elaborate I do like her in these type of roles I already said that and I found it interesting that she does she doesn't say as much as she doesn't do as much as she you know tells the kids to do like when she she's not as responsible when it comes to this whole baby thing abortion thing you know Okay, my last post-it note was, this is so wholesome, I feel like something bad is going to happen. I feel so soft, I loved it. Honestly, a five. And I gave it a five. Um, I think I put I feel like something bad is going to happen because I thought um, like something bad, really bad had to happen. But I'm glad. I'm glad in a way that this was a very simple, contained movie, if that makes sense. There's... Um, it's very clear, everything that happens. Um, you can read more into it if you want, but it's great because you can kind of see that life isn't perfect at the end of it, but it does keep going. You know, the end of the movie is them running after the kid again, and you can see that this is just life as well for them, but we've seen a huge hurdle that the, the that grace has taken um you know she's gonna she's going to therapy stuff like that i think like therapy is a good thing to just put out there for anyone that can that can get it um yeah i said no reason to improve it's exactly what it is meant to be it doesn't need to spell everything out so i really highly recommend that one that was my favorite of all the movies i watched in the plane so moving on to the next movie, I went, I talked too much about that one, I think. Um, and I'm not going to talk about this one that much just because I don't really remember it. I was very tired when I watched this on the plane. Um, and it is Internal Affairs, directed by Andrew Lau and Alan Mack. It is about an idealistic police cadet, Chan Wing Yan, um, who is recruited by police superintendent Wong. Uh, to go deep undercover as a member of the criminal triad society. Into the same cadet class, crime boss Han Sam installs new triad member Lao Kin Meng to become a long-term mall. My goodness, long-term mole 
for the gang. A decade later, both have risen through the ranks in their respective aliases, but when both of their covers are in danger of being blown, a game of life and death ensues. Um, I think I gave this a three and a half, and honestly, I wish I read this description before watching it because it moves really fast, and some of the subtitles I think were wrong. I don't want to play the blame game. I do some. I do think the, some of the subtitles were wrong, and it moved so quickly that I was just trying to follow what the heck was going on. So reading a description would have maybe been helpful for me personally. I like the way the film was shot. I mean, I I like Hong Kong movies. I like Hong Kong the city, and it definitely had more recognizable landmarks for me personally, being from Hong Kong. And I um. Uh, just felt like this wasn't that great of a movie for me. I don't know why, and I'm sorry, but it just didn't hit me in the same way as the other ones. Um, yeah, I think I was just a bit confused. A lot of screens, a lot of screens were shown. I liked the ending of it, and I mean the action was good, it was a lot of fun, I love the humor of it, it just didn't fully connect with me, um, and I didn't, I honestly can't really remember much of it, which is a bad sign, I think, yeah, I don't really highly recommend, this isn't my favorite sort of Hong Kong movie, if I can define it as as one, I really like the actors though, all of them, um, you know, love Tony Lung, his full name on here is Tony Lung Chiu Wai. I don't know if that is his full long, full name, and I've just been butchering it, but I love him. Love him in all Wong Kar Wai movies, and he is very attractive. Um, same with Andy Lau in this, and also Anthony Wong. Thought he reminded me of a freaking Severus Snape sort of person for some reason. I think I do have notes on post-it notes somewhere, but I cannot find them. And I think I've actually been recording for long enough. So I am going to just start wrapping up now. Um, I I haven't really been saying whether I recommend these movies if so-and-so, if you like this and this or whatever. Should I don't know if I should start doing that. I, ca- I guess I need more feedback on this kind of thing. Like I've said before, this is going to be a hot mess. Prepare yourself or don't. Enjoy the ride if you want. Um, I know I am. Let me drink some water first. I was actually drinking tea, so that was a lie. But uh, maybe I will start saying after a movie, after I say the rating. Um, would I recommend it to you uh, if you liked this and this? Okay, so for internal affairs, I would recommend it to you if you like movies like Taken. Or I think there is an American version of this internal affairs. So, if you like that, then (laughs) watch this one. Um, But I think they're both kind of different, just similar, just the same name. I don't know. Maybe this is why I shouldn't do recommendations. Um, Out of all the movies, though, I would say I really, really loved Short Term 12. And I should have watched it much earlier. I just think it is actually a really feel-good movie. And... Sometimes you just need those, okay? Um, Mid-90s was eh for me, but eh as an eh, like a little bit up. Um, And I'm sorry, man. I really wish I connected with it more. 
I could still very much respect it, though. Respect you, Jonah. Um, I listened to this podcast he was in with Sam Jones, I think, and him talking about how he's always wanted to direct movies, um, and the way that he's actually done that is by working with all these directors through acting. I think that's super cool, and I don't have much else to say about that, but I do respect the guy, um, so I bless his future endeavors, because <laughs> that, that matters so much for me personally. Anywho, anyhow, anyways. I think that's it. That's me wrapping it up. Um, go watch How to Train a Dragon, The Hidden World. There's no way to support it now. I remember with the second movie, everyone was saying go watch in cinemas because for some reason people weren't doing that. Do that. I'm, I am I did for the second movie and the first movie. The third one, I was just in school and could not find the time. Also, no one has the freaking guts to go watch cartoon movies with me anymore animated movies and that sucks (laughs) just go watch movies by yourself if no one else wants to do it by yourself have a good experience don't care what nobody thinks about that uh yeah 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 cool 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 so at the end of this podcast thing each episode i'd like to say what i'm gonna watch next but i don't really know um I have many lists, and I don't really know what I feel like watching. Um, I'm in a different country now than I am when I'm doing school stuff, so the selection is different. It's a bit more limited, I have to say. I'm looking at Hannah, uh, the movie with Saoirse Ronan, not the new TV show, because I well, maybe I want to watch it that, that again for some reason. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Not much else to say. I was going to talk about the books I've been reading, but I don't have much to say about that. I finished this book called Normal People by Sally Rooney. I gave it a four out of five on Goodreads. I guess Goodreads as well, if you care about books, go follow me on that. Um, I really enjoyed it. I shouldn't really add any more to this podcast because it's going too long. I'm now reading... Uh, the Two Towers, which is the second part of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, and I have to say the first book, by my goodness, was hard to get through. I'm sorry. There are parts of it which was fun, but as a whole, my goodness. I just haven't read trilogies in a while or book series so it's difficult for me to get into also it's just it's got a lot of boring parts and I'm sorry if you're a big Tolkien fan but personally it's just a bit difficult but I'm powering through for some reason because I want to I want to experience this series I love the movies maybe I'll I'm gonna re-watch the movies as I read the books um so maybe I'll be talking about that um so far, I'm not getting that far with this book, so I might change. <laughs> I might I might read something else in the meantime uh, to keep me going, because summer is the time of reading, my guys, and I can't wait. Uh, so I think that's about it for this episode. I've got 50 minutes worth of recording to edit. No one cares. This is my first time doing any of this, so again, I apologize. Uh 
for the mess that this all is. I don't really know what I've called these things yet, still, uh, which is probably something I should do. Um, yeah, I hope you have a great day or week. Yeah, hope you have a good week. Whatever, you know, rest of the week, beginning of the week. Um, good night and goodbye. Thank you for listening.